happy Tuesday to you all. This is Dr. Corliss Bennett, and you're listening to Mindful Mondays on Intentional Talk Radio Network. It is a beautiful day in the neighborhood. A beautiful day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? And um, yeah, I'm just was just came in running today. Um, but it is it's it's I'm, I'm loving the summer days. They they start off a little scary because you think it's going to be pouring rainy because it's all gray and then it burns off and it's nice. Here in Inglewood, um, I have the wonderful opportunity to not live far from the ocean, so we get a nice breeze. So when it's really really hot in Inglewood, that means it's for real for real hot. I'm not far from LAX, and so um, yeah, so it's a nice. It's, I'm looking out and it's a nice little breeze. And it's a beautiful day. Um, I can't say that for some other parts of the Southern of Southern California. The valley's in the hundreds. Palm Springs is always in the hundreds in the summer. I think they start off in what's this July? I think they <laughs> I think they start off in the middle of May in a hundred and it just stays a hundred, hundred one, hundred two, and it goes up and down until like probably October. <laughs> um, easy September for sure. It's it's hot in Palm Springs. So if you're looking for that heat and you want that heat and you want to lay by the pool and, and burn up at the same time, Palm Springs is where you want to go. Um, so anyway, um, our guest today should be logging on any minute, um, hopefully. Um, yeah. So um, he's a return guest, Mr. James Turntnick. And um, so anyway, we will, we will, um, He's, he's coming. But in the meantime, there hasn't been anything going on. Everything is pretty, I mean, every day we've got shootings, folks. I, I'm not quite sure what is going on these days. And I don't know if it's just, it doesn't just seem like it's more than normal because of, you know, after having gone or are going through COVID and you're so used to hearing about deaths that when you hear about other deaths that's not COVID related, it really stands out and, and just makes you really I don't know, think about things. And I think they found some teen in a, in a car in LA dead and folks are shooting each other. That's why when I drive, if you want to get in front of me, get in front of me. I don't care. I'm, I'm, I'm letting y'all do you because these people will get upset if you don't let them over. They're ready to cuss you out. They're giving you the finger and sometimes that finger turns into a gun. So I just, I just drive like everybody else do what they want to do. If you look like you're trying to be in a hurry, then you go ahead because I, I cannot be in that much of a hurry where I'm risking my life because that's pretty much <laughs> what's going on. Corlish, did you uh, hear about, we talked about it on the earlier show, the uh, preacher in Brooklyn, New York. No, and speak, speak up a little bit. Maybe let me turn on uh, my maybe turn, Is that better? Is that better? My son is not. Yeah, the pastor in Brooklyn, New York got robbed for, Four hundred, somewhere between four hundred thousand and a million dollars worth of jewelry on him. Thank you. Some gun. Wait, he had that much on him. Yes. Okay, I would rob you if you have that much. <laughs> if you yeah. work around, I'm going to rob you. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm not a criminal, but I'd rob you if you had that much. Right. He said, what, what, think why he had it? Did he have a story? Or he said he just likes that stuff. One report said four hundred thousand. CNN said a million. So. Somewhere between four hundred thousand and a million dollars. He actually had his uh, pastor's ring and a pastor's pastor's necklace and a bunch of chains underneath. And yeah, and this is a pastor in the church in Brooklyn. Okay, hold on, I, I missed that that qualifying. Yeah, pastor. He's a pastor. 
a pastor had that much money pastor, on him? Uh, Lamar Whitehead, I believe his name is. I'm going to look oh, it somebody up. Somebody was watching him. Yeah. You said yeah. they robbed him. Yep. <laughs> I'm jacking it up right now. First of all, why would anybody have that amount of money? Yeah, Lamar Miller Whitehead. Pastor? Why would a pastor have that much on him? Yep. Oh, wow. Bishop says the alleged suspects stole $1 million worth of jewelry from him and his wife. And apparently they didn't didn't take anything from anybody else. They only robbed the pastor and his wife. Okay, so I, I, I guess I missed the beginning of the part of that. They they were in somewhere. They were somewhere, and they only robbed them. Repeat that whole story. They, they were at church. It was at a church service. These gunmen came into the church service and robbed the pastor and his wife of a million dollars worth of jewelry that they were wearing. They were apparently wearing a million dollars worth of jewelry between the two of them. Came into during the church service. Into the church. Yep. Guns drawn. Walks up, takes the stuff from the pastor, and walks out. Yep. And drove away in a Mercedes. A white Mercedes. Yeah, yeah, I had the same look. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't pass the smell test, you know? Okay. Okay, so why are you wearing that much jewelry? Why are you wearing that much money worth of jewelry as a pastor at your turf doing your search? See, somebody knew that. Somebody mm-hmm. knew that. Yep. That was a straight setup. Yep. Or perhaps uh insurance scam, maybe? Well, when I say setup, I'm looking at all the setups. So mm-hmm. either an insurance scam or somebody that worked for the church that knows that, that told their friends and said, look, this is what you do. Yeah. Yeah, they had to know. And were they were they masked or anything? Or were they just bold, like, I'm like I'm walking up in here, y'all know it's me, it's Corliss, I'm about to rob the pastor. Yeah, they were masked. A masked suspect can later be seen approaching the bishop holding what appears to be a firearm pointed at his back before appearing to make away with his jewelry. So somebody had to know that that's what he wears. I mean, because mm-hmm. people wear jewelry that people don't necessarily know how much, if it's real or fake. No, no, exactly. Yep. And see, here's what he said. He said, it's not about me being flashy. It's about me purchasing what I want to purchase. And if I work hard for it, I can purchase what I want to purchase. Okay. And I, and I agree with that. Yep. I don't and know if did. as a pastor, I would be wearing that and the church service because, you know. And it's not one of these mega churches. It's not like a T.D. Jakes or Kenneth Copeland or anybody like that. Or Joel Osteen, something like that. It's, I'm trying to it's remember who I had a conversation with. Looks like a storefront church in Brooklyn. I don't know who I had a conversation with that talked about, and I can't remember, and, and only because I'm thinking about this, is that, you know, if you are a pastor of your church, and unless everybody's making the same amount of you, you need to be a little bit more humble. Mm-hmm, yeah. Why are you sitting up in your church with that much money on when you know Sister Jenkins can't even pay her rent? Yep. Right? And so why? what made him think that that was okay and maybe that's what pissed whomever off that said, that let them know that come through church on Sunday because he's going to be wearing his such and such and his wife is going to be wearing their so-and-so and come take that. Mm-hmm. That's what it sounds like to me. I think somebody was – because, I mean, like, Yes, you're 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 making money. You're, you it's a salary for you per se, but you don't overflash like that. Like your congregation now, unless your congregation bought you the car, bought you the house, you don't come up in there flashing like that as a pastor. Mm-hmm. 
400,000, again, 400,000 to a million, depending on which, uh, you know, again, I'm looking here and, you know, every other article is different. 400,000, the other one says a million, 400,000 a million. That day. Mm-hmm. So it must have been yesterday. But I mean, meaning like that Sunday, that whenever it happened, you they had that much on on their person. Mm-hmm. Yep. A fashion Brooklyn pastor known for wearing designer outfits and extravagant jewelry was robbed along with his wife of more than a million dollars while he was preaching at a church on Sunday. Three and months. they came in and they didn't talk to nobody else and asked nobody else for cell phones and money, nothing. They went straight to the pulpit, gun yep. probably gone, got his stuff, got her stuff, and walked out. Yep. Here's, he, oh, yeah, he, here's a quote from him. I took off my bishop's ring, my wedding ring, and took off my bishop's chain, and then I had chains underneath my robe. And then he started tapping my neck to see if there was anything else. So that means they knew. They watched and him. They knew. Have yeah. Other jewelry. Well, yeah, because you're He didn't you're piss flashing. somebody off for yeah. real. Or, or, or it's a scam. Or he, he didn't really piss somebody off as to have a pet. Like, you, I don't know. You, Come on now. You, what, what are you guys talking about? You know this is a scam. <laughs> I mean, That's I mean, what I'm saying. Who, We're just trying to figure out which scam. How do, you, how, how, how do you have a storefront church, first of all? And you wearing four hundred thousand dollars jewelry, okay? I mean, I mean, even a thug can figure that one out. Right. You don't That's even have to call we the know police. It was a scam. We just don't know which scam it was. Is it his scam or somebody was that he didn't pissed off and was like, "Y'all roll through the church on Sunday. He gonna have all his jewelry on. Come get it." <laughs> yeah, but okay, and I understand that too. But let's think about the one percent. Who can afford a four hundred thousand dollar chain? that we know so that's first thing and then you know he has to have it insured because you don't get a chain of that amount of money and it's not insured but my question is how much was the monthly payment that's what i want to know he didn't walk in there and pay four hundred thousand i want to know what his monthly payment is for four hundred thousand let's see if we buy a house for four hundred thousand Let's see, and we don't put nothing down. Five percent. Uh is it twenty five hundred a month or three thousand a month? That yeah, he has probably, to pay. Probably, probably three or four thousand, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a, a, a month. month. Okay. Yeah. And storefront church. Well, first of all, as a pastor, why do you even own that? Exactly. How do you own that and how does your congregation know? Somebody, enough people know that he got that on. Well, the, the article said he's known for wearing designer outfits, outfits and flashy jewelry. As a pastor. So I guess so flash, maybe, flashy jewelry is something from Tiffany's. This, you this, said 400000 to a million. That's, that's, what, that's what, beyond fashion. That's right. That that's is dope beyond money. fashion, for real. Yeah, Kiki, I'm going to uh, share the screen, so I'm going to take the share away, and you'll have to redo it when I finish. I'm going to show you. I took, uh, I looked on Zillow. <clears throat> I took the address because he's got this ministry called uh, Leaders of Tomorrow Ministry, and it's got their address in there, and I just uh, Googled their address. And as soon as you share screen, you cannot share screen while the other participants share. Can you stop sharing, Kiki? Wow. Okay. Here, I Googled their address. This is not a great picture. I can't enlarge these pictures, but can you see those? Yes. That's that's where the storefront is? That's that that's the address, 922 Remington Avenue in Brooklyn. That's where his church is? Yeah. 
<laughs> and and you got two locations. The other one is in Queens, and pretty much it's it's it looks very similar. And he's walking around with four hundred thousand, well, a million. Let's just say a million dollars worth of jewelry. There's a whole lot wrong with this. There's a whole lot wrong. See, I can't even put it together because I'm just yeah, like. Even if it's all legit. I mean, it's, come on, man. Again, this falls under. Come on, man. Right. We're sitting at this storefront church and they've got pictures on the website of the church. And it's a small church. It's not a mega church. It's not, you know, like TD Jakes. It's not like what's the one down on Crenshaw, uh, West End. Nothing like that. It is a storefront church. Probably may see 100 people. So how is he, he and he can afford four hundred a million dollars worth of jewelry between he and his wife? But say even if you can afford it, you don't wear it, and when you do, you're going to the Grammys. Yeah, and you, you know what? A whole lot of those people. NAACP, you're doing, you're going somewhere for that special occasion, and then you're putting that back in the drawer until the next special occasion. And you know what? You don't wear lot, it at church. A lot of those people, those those movie stars that have those that really really expensive jewelry, they also have copies made that are that are costume that they wear on the streets because they know how expensive and how much that costs right. and their lives could be at stake. Right. You know, so if somebody robbed them, they just give it to them, but they still have the original. Yeah. They might wear it to the Grammys because they're fairly protected in there, the Oscars or something like that. Yeah. But normally they're not wearing it down to Brooklyn. Queens. No. Nah. So again, even if it is story, everything is legit. He's still not, real smart for, for, for having, wearing that jewelry in there. And if I were a parishioner, if I were a member of the church, I'd be wondering, really, dude? And not, and not only that, um, you know, if you get in a car accident and you have a decent car, you know how they had to stop and squat? The, the investigator is going to ask a whole lot of questions before he can even consider that the insurance would even pay. Mm -hmm. Um, they're going to devalue uh, the jury, first of all. Um, there's a whole lot that he has to go through. It'll be over six months. Because now he's got to go, where did you get it from? And then my other question is, when people rob somebody of that type of money, $400,000, just for sake of argument, who's going to buy it from those people that robbed them? Because usually when you rob somebody, you rob them and then you try to sell it. Sell it, yeah. right, mm -hmm. right. So who 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 are the buyers? Defense, right. Yeah. Yep. Him. Guys like that, they, they'll they'll go on the street. I had my Rolex. Somebody broke into my house and stole my Rolex. He pawned it for four hundred dollars. Yeah. So these guys are not. Yeah. But whatever it is, they're not going to get that money from it. But they'll get whatever they can. And if they're people from Queens or or Jamaica or something like that in New York, Harlem. There's nobody local who can buy that stuff. Right. And they must know that it costs that much. For them to go in there, they, they know it's pretty expensive. They may not know the, the price, but they know, it, know it's expensive because apparently he's known as being flashy. But there's flashy and there's just ignorant. Right. And the ignorant part is if the people know he wears that type of jewelry, number one, how did they know he was going to wear it that day? That's first of all. Second, he needed an audience to see that he got robbed in front of all of these people rather than breaking into his house. Cause it's mm -hmm. much easier to just break into his house and, and take it there. Right. He needed an audience. So 
all of these things are going to be asked the question. Because if we're asking these questions, who do you think the white man investor going to ask? Yep. <laughs> oh, boy. Who brought up this subject? This is entertaining. <laughs> I did. Yeah, Thank you, Kenny. Is we always kind of talk about what has happened since the last show, like first five, 10, 15 minutes, depending on how you know crazy it is. And, and, and if your guest shows up, <laughs> which he hasn't. So we've just been talking, we, you know, he's talking about it. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out why does a pastor even have that? Okay. Here's another, exactly. listen to this Whitehead's verified Instagram account details his extravagant shows of wealth, including Louis Vuitton emblazoned suits, large jewelry and flashy cars. And what and what's what's the pastor need a Louis Vuitton for? Unless he's going to the Stellar Awards or something like he's got Louis Vuitton emblazoned suits. And I mean, people have their taste, and you're right. The key was I work for it; I should be able to wear it. But as a pastor, even if you're working, but as a pastor, that is just there. There needs to be at least an attempt to appear to have some humility. I mean, you just—I'm—I'm I'm looking at you. I need my rent paid, and you sitting up there with four hundred thousand dollars chain on. Yeah, and asking people to tithe every week. Right, that part. See, the building fund. <laughs> uh-huh. No, that now that's that's amazing. I, I, I'm, that's that, that's bothering me. That that I I couldn't sit up in his congregation knowing. Watching him being so flashy when, you know, Sister Jenkins over here and, and Brother So-and-so and, you know, they're sending their kids off to college. They're trying to get the plane fare. I mean, like, and you got that much money around your neck? Mm-hmm. And the fact that they didn't rob anybody else. They walked past a full room. Let's just say 100 folks was there. Mm-hmm. A full room of people to walk to the pastor, his wife, take their stuff and walk out. That yep. is... That was well calculated, <laughs> to say the least. That that's why I think it doesn't pass the smell test. You know, because he, uh, they knew, they knew they went right to him. And the fact that, that there's two conflicting amounts. Who told him four hundred thousand? Who told one reporter four hundred thousand? Who told another reporter or the police or whatever a million dollars? There was, a, there was a movie years and years ago, back in the 70s. I don't even remember the name of the movie. But uh, they were robbing a, somebody was robbing a bank or something like that or someplace that had a lot of cash. And they had, let's say, $500,000 in cash. And as they were be, being robbed, the secretary was scared and the guy was very calm. The manager was very calm. And when the police got there, he said, yeah, they got off with a million and a half dollars. And she looked at him and he gave her the look like, don't say anything. So they stole 500 but he told the police a million and a half. Mm. So that's what was in. That's what he got back in insurance. So he maybe it was four hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry, but he wanted to say it was a million dollars worth of jewelry. So who knows? All sorts of uh, holes in that story. But for whatever reason, that made the news. Mm-hmm. In, yeah, you said Brooklyn. Yep. Okay, that's um. I wouldn't be a member of his church, so I wouldn't either. And that's 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 um that's taken to a whole nother level. 
Mm-hmm. And he's got pictures of himself with uh, Floyd Mayweather, uh, 50 Cent, and some other rapper. That we talked to Andre about this earlier, and he, he recognized another rapper. I don't remember who it was. But uh, so he's got a couple of celebrities in there. And a lot, and not, I won't say, let me not say a lot, because I don't, I, I don't want to generalize per se, but I'm generalizing to Los Angeles, let's just say that. Of the mega churches, a lot of the pastors have movie stars, inter, inter, we call them movie stars back in the day, right? Entertainers, movie stars, models, whatever. There's some in every church. Um, and usually the pastor will have pictures with him and them, you know, in their office or something. Um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, let me share again. I want to show a picture of uh, the uh, church. Wow. There's a picture here. Now, see, that's the church. So oh, maybe That's maybe a nice-sized church, you know, like a medium, medium. Yeah. Medium to large, per se. But again, running around with a million dollars worth of jewelry on, this is not a T.D. Jakes, Kenneth Copeland, Joel Osteen. That's him in the pink. Huh? That's him in the pink. Go back a picture. Right here. Uh huh. That's him right there. Now, um, did anybody take a good look at the congregation? Um, it looked like most of the congregation there looked like they might be packing too. <laughs> I mean, let's take a hard look. I mean, I don't see no suits. I don't see no double-breasted suits. I don't see no Sunday go-to-school uh, outfits. I see, like, I see other chains there too. So, um, yeah, so and it's not that many people there to have a $400,000 chain. Yeah, and you only got 30 people in the church. Uh, like Matthew would say, there's a dead cat on this line. So there's 50 Cent. I'm trying to find a picture of him with uh, Floyd Mayweather. Wait, is that 50 cent in like a robe? Go back. No, I think he's just got a jacket on. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow, for real? That's the blonde is his wife. <laughs> oh, is that right? Yeah. So again, I don't know who all these people are, but. And these are just pictures on his website? Uh-huh. Hmm. Is that Steph Curry? It looked like it. Yeah, that is Steph Curry. Yeah. So he's in the company of some people. Okay, there's Floyd Mayweather. So, so yeah. He's a young wow. dude, too. See, again, I mean, and if the, and that congregation, he, okay, he can't be making that much money from his congregation. So he either has another, he probably has like another job, uh, or that, that insurance scam is about to make him come up, or who knows. But the fact that he has all those suits and stuff, you know, like I said, I mean, people, you know, buy what you want. That's why you work. But the jewelry piece, that's just overkill. 
But gotcha. it sounded like it was underneath so the, so the people couldn't see it. But somebody knew he had it on, so that means and that... Why wear it? Why wear it? If you got it underneath. Right. I mean, you know, it's like having gold underwear. Okay. Would hurt. But <laughs> you know, yeah. It's like, who's, what's the point? Nobody's seeing it. Wow. That, that's, um, yeah. When the, when the pastor is making that much money and your congregation is struggling, there's a problem. Because if you got that much, you should be helping your congregation if you're true to the, true to the game. Yeah. Yep. If you're true to the game and you got that much money to spare, because that's, that's extra, that's a lot of just extra, that's extra dollars. A hundred thousand of that can help your whole congregation. You know, with something. Mm-hmm. You know, some of your members who can't pay something or whatever. I mean, get them to move because they have open to do a grocery something. store in town, open up a school, do something. But sit around and buy that sort of jewelry. So now I'm not a religious person at all. I'm not a member of a church. So and those that's one of the reasons why I just see you just see all the abuse so they can have it. And by the way, uh, go ahead. Clearly. I said that's scary. That's just scary to even know that he can do that. And, and like I said, he now if he says he has his money and he's got a school and blah 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 and a store and he's helping and whatever. Okay, I'm with you. I'm with you. Because again, I work hard. I spend my money how I want. I don't spend it on four hundred dollars, thousand dollar jewelry. But okay, but I'm not going to run a church and my members are broke and I'm, I'm rocking $400,000 worth of jewelry around my neck mm-hmm. that I got to hide. Yeah. If I could just chime in, uh, chime. the gentleman probably considers himself blessed. So why wouldn't he? But also when you mix, you know, the world of business with the world of blind faith, you kind of end up with this kind of conundrum. Um, unfortunately it's, I understand that the Bible talks about tithing and that sort of thing, um, but perhaps tithing could look a little bit different. It doesn't have to be money. Maybe the power can be put back in the hands of the con- congregation, or maybe they can take back their power so that they don't keep getting robbed, um, basically, which is what it is. Because, you know, uh, just like you have conscious, what is it, conscious... Uh, People who decide not to, they, they, they understand how to navigate the laws of taxes because they know where our tax dollars go, so they, they opt out. But they've done the research to understand where they can opt out, um, opt out of paying state and government taxes. But, um, you know, I just I, – I said this earlier, but I think the congregation needs to really have a look at how – what their 10 percent what their uh, is in the form of. Uh, because, you know, I'm sure God doesn't want you to keep getting had. So, and and the thing about something with faith is that you don't have to prove it. You, uh, God said it. That's it. And don't question God. God said, "Give me your money." I don't think it's 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 in the Bible that it has to be currency. I don't <laughs> think that's. It doesn't say anything about it has to be dollars and it, or it has to be yen or it has it, it doesn't mention currency, but it says it's talking about ten percent of your whatever you have basically it's it's sharing the concept is sharing ten percent 
um, almost as if to create a tethering between you and God. You know, your add your material um, gains into your your relationship with God. So you know, yeah, it doesn't have Bishop to be. Jamal Whitehead is available for weddings, funerals, chaplain services, baby dedications, conferences, workshops, lectures, etc. Sounds like a party planning organization. <laughs> so he's a hustler. But a lot of pastors do all of that. Mm-hmm. Most of them. Yeah. Most, I mean, all of them, if not all. You know, they do some of that. It just depends on how he's marketing it. Interesting. Yep. That's a dangerous mix. Religion and capitalism is dangerous. Well, that's what they all do. This, then they call it the prosperity gospel. You know, Copeland, uh, Osteen, Jakes. Uh, Creflo Dollar, uh, they all preach that. God wants me to be wealthy. He wants you to be wealthy, so keep giving us your money so you'll get rich. So when you're saying God wants me to be wealthy, meaning the pastor's saying that, you're saying that the pastor's saying that type of language? Yeah, yeah, that's what they say. They say God, God wants us to be wealthy. God, It's the prosperity gospel. So the more money you have, I mean, that's from being getting good graces with God. So they're basically saying there's nothing wrong with the fact that I've got, you know, three Learjets, you know, and a 747, and I live in a, you know, 37,000 square foot house. You need the jet so you can fly to other countries and spread God's word. So you need that. Yeah, they, what, what's his name said? Uh, I think it was Osteen. No, no uh, it was your, bo- your boy Dollar, the man with money in his name, that guy. I know. The, the other one said, if you when you ride on commercial planes, it's full of demons. Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. That's new. Yeah. I can't ride on those planes just full of demons. Well, That's I'm thinking, you know what I'm thinking? Isn't that where you should be to try to get them to see the, the, the uh, uh, what is it, the evil of their ways or something like that? But didn't you just call your congregation demons? Because uh, they don't have private jets. Yeah. You just yep. called your own people demons. The people that are about to dump their wallets out in your tray. You just called them demons because they might be on Spirit Airlines. It's obnoxious. Yeah, it was, it was Copeland. It was Copeland that said that. The plane is full of demons. Yep. Do people listen to themselves when they speak? Mm-hmm. Like, how did he think that that was okay to say? And even mm-hmm. even think that, like, well, you know what? I'm I'm watching this uh, thing on now. I'm kind of into Russian history, and I'm watching this thing on Nicholas in Alexandria, and um, he was the last czar of Russia, and there was this holy man that came into their family. They had a lot of bad stuff going on. He came into them, and his name was Rasputin. And he was like that. And he'd come in and put his hands on people and quote unquote heal them. And he has a very calming and things like that. And Alexandria was basically, she had to have him there because they had a son that was, had was hemophiliac. And when the guy came, you know, the kid was better and stuff like that. And, but in the meantime, this guy was out having orgies and he was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was out of orgies, and he was known 
as this philanderer and had all these women and all this stuff going on. But they, she wanted him there because he was this quote unquote holy man. And, and uh, when one of uh, uh, Nicholas's, um, you know, uh, uh, lieutenants came and said, look, this guy is a charlatan. He's outscrewing all these women. He's doing all this. You know, he said, well, you know what? And it sounds very simple, very familiar. He says, they're just giving him bad press. They they just hate him because, you know, he's on our side or something like that. Kind of thing you hear a certain someone say today when they're talking about a certain someone who's in politics. Oh, they just hate him. That's all it is. It's the mainstream media. It's the deep state. It's that kind of thing. So this is not, this is nothing new. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, and, and, and apparently there's enough members there to keep going every Sunday because mm-hmm. you just, I mean, that's a nice little majority. I mean, there's a lot of pews that are empty, but that's a nice little count of folks that's there on Sundays. If that's a picture that you showed. And and I just don't understand how those people can could, could even tithe knowing that this man has all this jewelry and all this stuff. There is the socialization factor. People do get something out of that. So, you know, with everything that you do in life, concerts, church, school, whatever, there are always your peers that are around you that are an additional part of that experience. So people might still, if they, if they didn't have the socialization factor, then a lot of people would have opted out of church like thousands of years ago, more than likely, um, and would have kept their relationship with God and or Jesus to themselves much like they keep their relationship with their husbands and or their family. It's a private relationship. You don't need to be public about it. But when you add socialization in there in the way that it is in some cases designed, like in concerts and churches, those are public events, public. They're, they're kind of meant to be outwardly expressive. And so you have a lot of people doing a whole lot of things outwardly. And then as soon as all of the, you know, as soon as everything calms down, now they're you know, cussing out the valet person or acting up and, you know, the waiter at their, you know, whatever restaurant they go to after church, people kind of become themselves again. But when you're in the thick of, you know, the excitement, you know, you take on that kind of energy. And so, you know, they might feel like they might know that their pastor is up there wearing all kind of crazy jewelry and, you know, driving Bentleys onto the stage and carrying on. But, you know, they, they might feel like that's a bragging point for them. They might associate with that 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 concept or that, you know, they want money too. So a lot of people mm-hmm. feel like being associated with money, even if they don't have it themselves. They'd rather go to a church where the pastor has money and money is around them. But they are, like, completely, you know, in the negative. So at the end of the day, a lot of it is wrapped around socialization and yeah. what people get from that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that that just takes it to a whole nother level, though. And um, that, to me, like you said, that sounds like a scam. Or he pissed somebody off that knows he has all this stuff on it. He wears it. That that's why they went straight to him and walked out. And if they were smart, they would have robbed the whole church. My mm-hmm. thing is, but is if they were, if they were smart, they wouldn't have done it in view of members of the public. To me, that says any one of those people could have tackled you, could have shot you, could have called the police and had them there beforehand, could have spotted you, 
circling around or could have anything. Any one of those church members could have. Now, I understand that none of them did anything, but, you know, who who knows what that's about. But I feel like, like you said earlier, Kenny, they could have just as easily gotten gone to the house while he was at church, you know, and cleaned house, literally. Completely cleaned house, for real. Like, literally, yeah. yeah. And wouldn't have been seen by anybody. Maybe some security cameras, but you know how to undo those. You know, you just, you know how to manage that. But, you know, to be, to do it in front of a congregation. I mean, and they were masked, but maybe that's what the, that was the message, maybe. I don't know. Masked or not, somebody in the congregation could have easily tackled them and just blown the whole plan. Who knows? And somebody saw the car because they apparently left on foot, but somebody saw them get into a white Mercedes. They, nobody, they didn't say in the articles if they got the license plate number, but. Wait, they got into a Mercedes? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, a white Mercedes. The thief. The person yes. that got, okay. Mm-hmm. I have so many questions. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure the police are asking all of those questions. That's why I keep thinking insurance scam, maybe. Now, how far away was this Mercedes that they got into? Well, they didn't say. Because they said they left on foot and then they eventually got into a Mercedes. Which means somebody had to have followed them? The getaway car might have been you know, circling the block. Right. Well, I'm going to hire Columbo to handle this, you know, because I like the way he asks questions. Yeah, what was the thing about the end? Uh, one more thing. Right. <laughs> Who's that, Columbo? Yeah, you know how Columbo do. Who y'all are taking it back? Not Columbo. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Now, I was oh, I had a I had a, a a topic changer and I just lost it. Um. Oh. It'll come to me. Um. Dang. What about yeah. this heat? Uh, across the world because it's, it's not just in the United States. I mean, it's everywhere. There are runways buckling in the UK. Correct. The runways as in the airport runways? Yep. That's right. It's that hot? Yep. It the, ain't never been, it ain't never been that hot? Their infrastructure is not built for it because it's always cool over there. It never, it, they, they, they have high, the highest temperatures ever. Not the highest temperatures in the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years. Highest temperatures on record. Wow. Only three percent of the people over there have air conditioning. Right, because that's not a place that you would have air conditioning. Yeah, it's it's very wow. cool all the time. Yeah, you know that's why Brits are always walking around with umbrellas and the like. Yeah, so yeah, it's it's insane. It's a hundred and right now here in Dallas, it's a earlier it was a hundred and I think seventy two. Did you say 172? <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it. He's checking to see if we're listening. No, I, and, I, and I was listening because I looked down at my watch and, I, and it's 72 here. And I'm like, wow, it's 100 degrees hotter. And then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Just that second. It was like, it's 100 degrees hotter there? It's 172, I think. Yes, <laughs> 172. <laughs> Three. It's 101 here right now. Wow. And it is. Uh, 7.30, 7.40 at night, and it's 101 here right now. That's not hot at all. Mm-hmm. What's the humidity? It's not real humid. It is somebody humid. It's not, it doesn't have terrible humidity. Oh, okay. Um, let's see if they've got the... Uh, 
I think it's very interesting that that's happening up there. Uh, just that uh, that's just wild. That is really wild. I mean, I was um I think I came back home um when I was living over there and I moved back. I want to say it was in it was just before 9/11 and it was in 2001 and it was just before 9/11, but um it was basically summertime there and it never got above like 75 degrees. It just it yeah, was that's normal over there, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, their summers are our fall. And um the rest of the time that I was there, it was rainy most of the time, very cloudy. Um, for most of the time that I was there, which was only like seven months, um, but the clouds sort of uh, they they it would clear up at night. So as the day progressed, from I want to say between eight and ten, you had sunlight. Uh, between sunrise eight and ten, you got the most sun after 10 o'clock it's clouds all day into the night um but yeah so and and the clouds would sort of dissipate as the sun rose but then they show up right back 10 o'clock sharp so it was just it's just a that was england by the way that was just a very and most of europe was like that even when i traveled around most of europe was exactly like that except for um i'd say uh paris and lucerne those are the only two exceptions but everything else was almost like that the whole time so for them to literally be on fire i don't even know if they've seen fire outside of their stoves yeah and they've so. got a lot of, bunch of fires going on over there it's kind of like <laughs> yeah san francisco is always cold mark twain once said about san francisco it was that the coldest winter of his life was a summer in San Francisco. And he's not kidding because it is it it throws you completely off. You go on a summer vacation like we did when I was a kid. We had all these shorts and and, and tank tops and all this, and we had to go and buy sweatshirts. Yep. Said San Francisco yeah. and stuff for freezing, freezing. Yeah. I'm yes. like, wait a minute, it's summertime. Why is it cold? Why do I need a coat on? Because like you have people have leather jackets. You July. have. You have the Pacific Ocean on one side, and then you have the bay on another side. Right. So, you know, it, that little peninsula. Is, like you said, it is surrounded by water. Uh-huh. I mean, but it is, it's, it's, it's very cold. I went to uh, um, that Giants game in Candlestick Park. So this mm-hmm. takes back a little bit, not too far back, in, in uh, 94. And I was just like, I'm sitting there like, okay, we have to go because I can't be this cold. Like, I'm buying hot chocolate. They're, wait, they're selling hot chocolate, first of all. And it was just like, this This is really something. It is a totally different type of situation when you're dealing with that. It's just it's just. A I was up there during the 80s. I was up there every week on business. And I just kept an overcoat up there. Because you don't need to go to Southern California. So, when I'd get up there, I'd get into the office. My overcoat was there because I had to go to meetings all over the city. And when I left, put my overcoat back into somebody's office and got back on the plane. Right. That was, that was, I must say, living in Humboldt, what I liked the most was actually being able to wear sweaters and like mm-hmm. really wear them and not wear them, fake wear them when you get home, you're taking them off because it's hot, because it's hot. No, wearing them and wearing them until you're ready to go to bed, wear them. Well, you know, I've grown to like the cold weather since I've, I've been living here. I like the cold weather. I, I hated the cold weather and when I was in California, but you have to know how to dress. As long as you can dress in the cold weather, you're fine. It's when you don't know how to dress. And I did not know how to dress in cold weather because I grew up in Southern California where there is really no cold weather until you go out at night, you know. 
And so once I learned how to dress, I was like, okay, this is cool. And I've got, of course, literally in the past, I want to say maybe seven years now, I haven't worn my overcoat. I've got a kind of a, like almost like a, a waist-length pea jacket, pea, pea coat sort of thing. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah. I haven't worn that in about five years because the winters have gotten warmer. Now, this past, last year, we had that freeze in February. But generally speaking, the winters have not been as bad as they were years ago. The winters have become the fall. The fall, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. oh, it's only 75 in February. What? 75? Okay. We normally get three days of snow and or ice. And I think, well, obviously, we had the, the freeze last year. I don't know. I don't even remember if we got snow this year. We may not have even gotten snow. If we did, it just came. I think out. you did get snow. You just didn't get as much as it was last year. Because last, last, yeah. Year, yeah, last year was crazy. Uh, and really in the past, again, five to seven years, it's been a little bit here and there, but nothing, nothing like it used to be. So there is something going on with the climate. But I also wanted to mention this, speaking of Dallas, some lady uh, got dropped off at Love Field, the airport, went inside Went into the ladies' room, changed her clothes, came out and started shooting up into the ceiling. The uh, airport police came, shot her in the extremities, and took her into custody. So I'm thinking she must be a white lady. Well, like that. Her. See, that's when I, when I tell you people have lost their mind. I can't even, people have truly lost their minds. Yeah. She, I mean, that was calculated. I'm going to come in, I'm going to change clothes, I'm going to come out, and I'm shooting up everything. Yeah. And you're right. If she's alive, she had to, she was not black. Yeah, and, and the, the article said they shot her in her extremities, probably her legs. And people are asking, why don't police shoot at people in the legs? It's harder to hit. It's a smaller target than the, your body mass. Right, but yeah. we're not getting folks killed, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always ask that. I'm like, how come they don't shoot them in the arm? How come they don't shoot them in the hip, in the side? That's pretty much only in the movies. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, most so many of the cops today are such cowards anyway, you know, that's a whole other subject. So so let me bring in our last 10, 15 minutes. Um, any thoughts on um, the uh, abortion situation? Apparently Lizzo is donating. She's doing some concert, either one of her concerts, two of her concerts, or the, this con- a series where the money is going to go to, like, if I if I remember correctly, like Planned Parenthoods or like places to support so, so women can come there and get their abortions or something to that effect. And then and then I just heard on the news another uh, singer is doing the same is doing something some kind of donation to that as well. What, what's your thought on that? Now that you know they've voted, I guess against it now. Well, is, there any, is there any other like talking around your groups, your circles about you know that? Aspect? Well, I'll say this. I'll say this that this is just the tip of the iceberg, and I think what they're doing is great. But I think they they need to put money in making sure people get out to vote. Mm. Because the reason we're in this situation we're in right now is because this last administration was able to put in three Supreme Court justices. And that's why we're in this situation. And see, from the 16 campaign, mm-hmm. people said, I don't like Hillary Clinton. I'm a Democrat, but I'm not going to vote for Hillary Clinton. 
Right. And people said, well, I'm a Bernie Sanders person. I don't want to vote for Hillary Clinton. That's why we're here. Right. Because Democrats could not, the people on the left could not get it together and understand this is bigger than you. You know, and so people need to get out and vote. And if the next, if, if 2024 is a repeat of 2016, you might as well just pack it up. You might as well just pack it up. I'm hoping that these hearings will make it so that he can't even run for anything ever again. Because hopefully well, he's in jail. But yeah. if not, they need to keep him from running for any office at any point. He's never going to go pro- to jail. If somebody wanted that boy in jail, it would have been 6,000 years ago that he would have been thrown under the jail. He's done far worse before this so-called insurrection. He's done far worse and has yet to suffer a single consequence. And quite frankly, if they really wanted to put his ass in jail, they would have done it by now. For yeah, just that's right. He's it's not going to happen. If they, just said, if they just said, okay, can never hold public office again, can't even be dog catcher. Not, not even the top million dollars. I'm, I'm fine with that because, again, I'm under no illusion that they were actually going to put this guy in jail. That's just not going to happen. But I was watching the news, and there's some congressmen, and they asked, why haven't you guys introduced a bill to make that says impeached presidents can't run again, can't hold office again? He said, well, I did, and it's going through this, and it's going through that. This is the problem. Democrats are weak. Democrats are weak. And let me say it a different way. Democrats are weak. Because if if this were Republicans, they'd be in the streets. They'd be having flags fly. In other words, they'd be have somebody on the news every day yelling and screaming about it. The Democrats just sit back and go, "Well, what we're trying to do is we'd like to see what happens." No, you've got to stand up and fight, and they are not standing up and fighting. And a lot of people are finally coming to grips with the fact that that how weak the Democrats are right now. And somebody's got to do something about it because the Republicans could take back the House and or the Senate this year. And if they do that, they've already said they're going to start investigating everything. They're going to run, try to run investigations on that speeding ticket I got four years ago. You know, and they've said it. They're vindictive. It's it. I, I guarantee you, if you think it's bad now. I uh, actually think that the Democrats are um, the go-between between the general public and politics. I think they are the the direct link. Republicans are not the direct link. They're more like the leaders. And I think Democrats are basically the backseat drivers of the same bus that the Republicans are driving. Hmm. I do not see them as different parties, different people, different anything. If they were, we would see it. I'm not going to fool myself and pretend like Democrats are different from Republicans. Democrats are meant to appease people. They're doing the same thing that Republicans are doing, but they're just meant to keep people believing in something. That's their only job. They're actors. Republicans are the only ones that are like, no, we get to, we're, we're the leadership team. We get to be who and what we are, and if we feel like giving you a little bit of theater, theater we can, but that's the job of the, of the Democrats. They're the same people, and I don't know how many generations has to go by before people realize that it's the same damn party. It's the same body of people. They, they're, they're besties. They go to each other's weddings. They're closely associated, and if anybody bothers to look at the nature of politics historically as well as presently, you'd see 
They are partners in the same game. It's the same game. They just play it based on what they need you to believe. And they have their roles. And it's clear. Only do we, us, sit here and think that there is a difference. And that, but that's part, of the, that's part of the intention, to keep you thinking that there's division or distinction or, you know, one's better than the other. Because it keeps everybody playing the game. But when you start to see it, when you start to see it for what it is, you opt out of the game entirely, and that's not what they want because they need your acquiescence so that they can keep doing what they're doing. They need to but keep see, you running the same Right, right, right. When, but, when you opt out, but see, and see, politics, particularly at the presidential level, is not about voting for your guy. It's about, it, it is about voting for the lesser of the two evils. Unfortunately, that, that's just, that's just, the nature of the beast. It's a two-party system, and there is a way out of the two-party system, ranked choice voting, but we don't have time to go into that. But its I don't see them as the same. I just I think there's a lot of things that the Republicans do that are worse, much worse than Democrats. Yeah, Democrats have their own sets of problems. I, I, I'm not a Democrat. I'm an independent, but I vote Democrat because I, I voted Republican a couple of times before. I'll never vote Republican again because of the way they treated Barack Obama. Okay. So I, I think there's a difference, and the to me the Democrats are the lesser of the two evils. If had anybody else been, had Hillary won in sixteen, the whole COVID thing, she would have followed the science, you know, and they would have done. Everybody would have followed. Yeah, everybody would have done that. But we had this idiot in charge, and everybody to this day people are running around still mad about masks. It's a freaking piece of cloth on your face. Get over it. And all you're trying to do is go into Walmart. And now you want to shoot somebody. You know, so that that's the difference I see is that and if and if you look at the constituency, if you look at these people on the right, they're a bunch of rabid, insane racist. I mean, it's it's it is literally scary to watch these people talk. Because they they are not they're not thinking. You know, Republicans and conservatives want to get rid of education. That's why they're always saying uh, uh, colleges and universities are bastions of liberalism. They want to get rid of education. How do you think they're going to do that? Well, first of all, right now they're talking about trying to get rid of the Department of Education. They want to get rid of the Department of Education. The Department of Education? Yeah, the Federal Department of Education. Yeah, they want to get rid of it. Now, mind you, 98% 98% of all those politicians probably went to college. Yes, they did, yes. And the same ones that, that, that went to college are going to tell you don't send your kids to college because that'll make him a liberal. But you know what? Maybe they become liberal in college because they teach them how to think. And they don't want people to think. No. They do not want you thinking. The, the orange idiot said it himself. I love the uneducated. Of course he does. Because they can tell them anything and they buy it. You know, so yeah, there, there's there's a slight difference, and, and and you have to pick your poison. And and to me, not voting is not an option, right? And for several reasons. One of the reasons is you know our people couldn't vote for many many years, you know, right? We have get back on that this this because even the midterm, you know, this November election, this midterm election is is crucial. Yeah. Any basically all elections are crucial, and mm-hmm. they're they have become more crucial because of Trump. Yep. Because of the stuff that folks got away with. 
Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert are the two women in the Republican Party. Both of them talk about, Lauren Boebert said, there is no such thing as separation of church and state. It's not in the Constitution. The state shouldn't direct the church. The church should direct the state. Right. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene the other day said she, the, the government should be a Christian nationalist government. But it's so funny because they don't want to, they want to separate it. But yet, as soon as something happens, they go to the church to pray. Yeah. Which is funny. Like, it's like, so okay, they, they're they're they want a theocracy. They want a theocracy. And it's their church. It has to be their church. Now, they call themselves Christian. I don't know if they're, are they Baptist, Protestant, Catholic, um, uh, Presbyterian, Southern Baptist. Uh, Jehovah's Witness. I mean, you can go down the line. I don't know which one they are, but the one they want is theirs. Nobody else's. So if they're, let's say, Protestant, they don't want the Presbyterian. They don't want the Catholics. They don't want the Baptists. And, and as we close, oh, go ahead. I would say that's a very scary place to be. As we close, and thinking about closing in the next four minutes or so, I'm surprised nobody has sued Trump. He, the people have, but but he just keeps keeps them he in court. Pays them off. Keeps them in court forever. Because I mean, all these deaths of different people, they could totally blame him for not taking it. Like the world could sue him for not taking. Well, mm-hmm. the United States can sue him for not taking it seriously. Back two years ago in February, when he saw that it was a Chinese disease and waited until it got to a point where China, China. <laughs> well, to be fair, um, when we, look, our president is a puppet. We need to really understand that. He ain't running the damn thing. Never right. has. That's not the function of the current presidency. They are figureheads for corporations. We really have to look at politics deeper than what we see in the news. Right. There's a whole what, – what you see in the news is not even the tip of a glacier. It's like – Look, if you want to wear a mask, wear it. If you want the, if you require the president to say something in order for you to act and do the right thing, you've already lost because it wasn't even the he was the president was not going to say anything about it. It just wasn't going to happen. And, and I kind of feel like people need to start thinking for themselves for the sake of all things big and small. Quit waiting people that on that don't want to think. They don't want, that, that's what his followers are. They don't want to think. Okay, there's a lot of followers of other presidents that don't want to think either. Not to this degree. He had them, he had them breach the Capitol building. And get away with it until they finally cleared it out. Yeah. Okay, but also, so there, there so, were people. So we got we got a new level. Of, there were Democrats who knew that that was about to happen. It was not unknown by the people who are now playing victim that were inside. AOC knew that was going to happen. A lot of people were privy to what was going to happen. A lot of people. I knew something was going to happen. I saw stuff on the internet that something was going to happen. No, no, I'm not talking about just on the internet. These people have inside information. They have actual okay, information. But, but nonetheless, they, but I knew something. But nonetheless. That that doesn't make any difference. The point is, those people attacked based on what that idiot said, 
and and a lot of they will tell you they they were saying we came here because the president told us to. Right. They're they're telling they are yes. saying that. And when he said go home, guess what they did? They went home. But look, and then look how long it take, took him to tell them to go yeah. home. Yeah. He's like, y'all so, tell so, him to go so home. My whole point is, again, if he gets back in, all bets are off. All bets are off. I know, have to, I'm, I'm just a cynic regarding all of this because I've been in media for a long time and I've been sitting at the very table where these kinds of things were orchestrated. They were planned, scripted. And, and there was there was high-level direction for the way these things are, so, are supposed to play out. I've seen the theater created that gets people talking. I've seen it myself. So I don't jump into believing what's on the news because I've been in those newsrooms, again, where they orchestrate that. They create that whole narrative top to bottom. But... You know, um, but again, but again, if we divorce ourselves from the system, then we we have no room to complain, and it is the top of the hour. You have right, no okay. Wow. Well, thank y'all. Um, I did get a text from my guest. He, he overslept, so he'll be rescheduled for a later date on the show, or excuse me, I keep saying show the podcast. Um, next week we're bringing back Miyoshi Dorsey, our wonderful uh, now retired social worker. Um, and I'm not sure of her topic just yet because we, we plan the dates ahead of time. So, um, I have her on for part one, part two for August 8th and August, sorry, August 1st and August 8th. And then we're going to bring James in on the 15th. So, um, I thank y'all for, for jumping in and filling in and having the conversation because that's what it's all about. It's about conversations, about things that affect all of us in so many different ways. So I appreciate you, Leonard. You've been, you've been kind of squeezing through the last couple Mondays. So I appreciate you coming on in and checking out Mindful Monday. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, this is Dr. Corliss P. Bennett, and I am out. See you next week on Mindful Mondays. And then I'll be on Wednesday with In the Mix Conversations with Colette and Corliss. So until then, peace out. <laughs>